Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Contineros podcast. This podcast is sponsored by PortPro, the leading operating system for drayage carriers. Check out their website at portpro.io and make sure to mention Contineros podcast for 10% off. Today, my guest is Emmanuel Carrillo with Talent Logistics Inc., but you can call me Manny. What's up, Manny? Thanks for coming out all the way from Norco, California. How long was the drive? Like an hour. No traffic Saturdays. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. That's like every uh, driver's dream. No traffic on the freeways. <laughs> well, it, it was good for me. It gave me time to do something that, that you're not going to notice. Nobody's going to know. I see that picture frame, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you knew, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. For those of you listening, I recently painted the studio and I took a shortcut on this bracket to hold the TV that was mounted on the wall and I just painted around it. And today when I repositioned the poster, I thought it would cover it, but there was white on the side sticking out and and Manny's on the way and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so I just spray painted around it hoping he wouldn't notice, but he noticed. I just noticed a nice picture frame. Yeah, that's your nice way of saying it. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, and how it started. You know, We'll work our way into that, right? Yeah, how it started. Well, I was uh, born and raised in La Puente. I moved out to IE, which is East Vale, Rupa Valley, back in like my high school days, like 2008. Uh, joined Talon as a night dispatcher in 2013, and I was still going to school. Got my degree in business administration at Cal Baptist University. That's in Riverside. Mm-hmm. And the previous owner, honestly, he was like my mentor. His name's Keith Drake, and uh, he pretty much showed me how to run operations, compliance, everything. I had to wear like a lot of different types of hats. And his specialty in trucking was always compliance. You know, if you have your compliance in place. You'll be set. You won't have any issues with your DOTs and all that good stuff. And you just, can't do any trucking if you're out of service. Exactly, right? exactly. So, um, so yeah. So he kind of took me under his wing from 13 all the way to 19. He wanted to retire, and he you know he wanted to sell it. He had opportunity to sell it elsewhere, but he wanted to stick it in, stick it within the family. Um, so I had an opportunity to buy him out in 20. So um, this is actually going three years in I think yeah three years as an owner and you know it's been it's been a blessing one of our uh, oldest customers the Starkist um, Keith has been doing the Starkist business for over 30 years and um, so obviously for him his big thing was treating the customers right treating the drivers right and you know he actually like lead like no matter where you're at in in companies if you're a janitor if anyone you treat them the same so I kind of took that mindset and tried to take it to the next level. And since then, we've been, last year compared to um, 2020, compared to 2021, we grew about 52%. Uh, we have about like almost 10 wow. people in the office and we're operating out Texas. And uh, we have, we acquire like other big customers like Pepsi and uh, Merce Cumbersug. So we've been doing a lot of their intermodal drainage um, work for them. So but yeah, that's pretty much where I got started in the trucking. You know, thanks to this guy that gave me a chance, and grateful. And then I, and now I'm just trying to pay it forward everywhere I can. 
Um, especially for me, it's always been when I took over the drivers, uh, treating your drivers good, dude. That's, yeah. that's always been like, you know, that's the, that's the heart of the operation. Yeah. yeah. You can't have a trucking company without truckers. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people in this industry that I'm not saying a lot, but like they have that old school mindset, you know, just treating drivers as a number, you know, and, mm. and no, we, we treat our drivers like human being. Like we, tr the way, the perfect way I say it is the way we treat our customers is exactly the way we treat our drivers. You know, that relationship building, you know, we I have my director, I go out myself and someone else in the office. We meet our drivers every Thursday, pass out their checks or their settlements, pass out lunch, have a one-on-one, kind of talk to them. It's right it's right there. Our little office is in the back gate of Pire outside of Pire. Oh. Yeah, so we just meet there and kind of talk and why they're moving around and stuff like that. So I wouldn't like that. If there was a last three day, I can't lie to you and say I got stuck at somewhere. <laughs> trying. No, I see you. Yeah. Go back. Just do a U-turn. Go back in there. Ask for it, please. Yeah. Yeah. So Peary has been a, a big partner in our business. You know, we're really flexible with us. So, uh, but yeah, training, that's, I want to see if we could take our industry. And, you know, obviously I see other companies doing it too, treating the drivers good, I think. We got to stop with the forced dispatching and black sheeping drivers for not doing work. And, you know, and also, you know, just be picky with your work, you know, consider what your drivers go through. You know, like a lot of we don't oh. we don't we refuse to go out to certain terminals just because the long lines and all that stuff. You know, we, we take in consideration when we take on new business, how long it will take our drivers to do it and our operators like and because you know, at the end of the day, you want them to be happy if they're. Working happy, they come home happy, family's happy, work-life balance. That's that's perfect. Yeah, and forgive me if I sound like a bad host, but I'm pretty sure I was paying attention. But when you describe the the acquisition of the company over to you, right, the transfer or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, you mentioned you wanted to keep it in the family. Mm -hmm. But I don't recall you saying that he was related to you in the beginning. But you became family, is what you're saying. Yeah. Or so um, you just felt comfortable with you. Yeah. So um, he's not. We're not related, but he's like my. It's a weird relationship. He's like my mentor slash. You know, I have a father. He's my. I love him to death too. But he's also like a father figure, best friend. You know, mm. it's all into one. And you know, we don't. Have, you know, we don't have to. You know, sugarcoat ourselves. We could just say whatever the fuck we want to say. Yeah, sometimes you're yeah. pissed off and just let it out. Yeah, yeah. Those are the best relationships when you can just go all out and then the next day, what's up, bro? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty no much. hard feelings. Yeah, <laughs> you got a we, couple we, friends like that. We do it out of love. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cuss you out because I love you, man. <laughs> he has made that comment too. Unblock me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you're definitely blessed. Like that's an opportunity that not everyone gets, and. Yeah. And it's definitely well-deserved, I'm assuming. Well, not assuming. It's evident. Yeah. A businessman, it's like game recognized game. So a businessman knows that another man has the capabilities to take over. So you're chosen for a reason, yeah. you know? And it's funny you mentioned dispatch because I, I have that uh, curiosity that does being involved in dispatch in a drainage company or any have a it uh amplifies your chance of running that company successfully versus just 
someone that came from being a driver and starts a company, you know, who would have a better advantage there? I hate to say that. It's, honestly, it's not about where you start as, as experience. It's about the character of the person. I think if you're driven, you have that grit, you're going to find any way you can to be successful. Because it's like, I'm either going to put in 100% in or not. Like, driver, you know, I've seen a lot of drivers that become, you know, they become successful little businesses. They have a fleet of 10, 15 trucks. So I just think it's a character, honestly. That's my opinion. Okay. So it doesn't matter the title that you go in with. It's where you're going with yes. you as an individual. Exactly. Not like, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have a better chance than him because I'm a dispatcher. Or I'm going to have a better chance than him because... I just think when you have that mindset, if you have that mindset, you're you're already failing. You know, you know the only person you have to compare yourself is you. That's my opinion. Yeah, a lot of times we fail by looking at other people, like comparing chapters. Like yeah. my chapter, okay, I compare. Let's just use me for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I'm not gonna compare my chapter one with your chapter twelve. Although we cross paths at the same time, it doesn't mean you're on the same chapter as me. Yeah. Or likewise, you know. Same road. Yeah. Eso. All right. So, um, why a, a trucking company? Because you were already in it? Or uh, <laughs> was this really something that you were on, you know, a goal, a childhood goal? Was this the first pick or what did you have in mind? Honestly. Name? This was my, I, I did not plan to be in trucking. <laughs> you know, going trucking biz- chose you. Yeah, trucking chose uh, chose us and chose me. But um, yeah. and you, uh, no, honestly, when I was going to school, I was like, you know, you know, you think big. You know, you're going to school and you're thinking big. It's like, man, I want to go b- work in business for Fox Studios, WB. You know, mm-hmm. just like drinking way out in the stars and skies. But hey, you know, got to dream big and. When I was going to school, I was actually a site supervisor where Talon was at on their customer's yard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the director at the time, you know, came up saying he needs someone to dispatch. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. So, um, yeah, so I started doing dispatching and then uh, and trucking. And uh, <laughs> I was like, man, this is actually a good, op- good industry to be in. And I started getting into the – started reading articles about it. It's about supply chain, how – Back in 2014, I know they did a statistics that your demand to be in supply chain is going to grow by like 2024, and I think COVID just kind of just amplified that a little bit more. Boom. Uh, yeah, boomed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so got the Dollar Tree being dollar twenty five, about to be a dollar fifty. Dollar fifty, yes. But yeah, so yeah, it was the last last option in my plate. Trucking, it just kind of chose and. I saw the opportunity and, you know, honestly, the all the connections you made, dude, like customers, drivers, you know, meeting you, meeting Joe Mars, meeting Nancy, every people like in all different aspects of the industry, like you get to meet and you build relationship, relationships of. So I, I think that's a blessing, just being able to meet people and work with them. You know what I mean? As passionate about it as you are, you didn't think there would be others, you know, like, oh, you guys love trucking too, you know? Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and do, do you have a CDL or do you ever plan to get one? Do you think it's a, a good asset like to save the day? I don't have a CDL. Mm-hmm. I do want to get one. Um, you know, just you never know. You got to take a truck to the shop or have someone in the office that has a CDL. That's mm-hmm. kind of nice to have. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of um, the small companies when they start, like the guy has to go in and save the day because that last free day yeah. is a difference between a profit and a, a loss at the casino, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike said something in, in uh, the last episode, uh, episode four, that uh, Dreyage is high stakes gambling. <laughs> that, yeah. one, that one stuck with me. To, to Yeah, that is true. You can get per diem and demurrage, all that good stuff. It's, yeah. I was I was lurking through your Instagram, and what stood out was the that post about the the TEUs for for last year, right? Twenty twenty one, seventeen thousand eight hundred forty one TEUs, correct? Which means twenty foot or equivalent unit, right? Correct. Wow. Yeah, that's a big increase. That's for sure. Do you? When did you start keeping track of all those statistics and what provides you that? So we have like Excel sheets for all of our customers and we have tabs, but by year. Um, so, you know, last year, I think we were like at, I'll say like 9,000 TUs around there roughly. Wow. Uh, but when we started the company, like when Keith started the company back in 2007, we we're only moving like about 3,000, 4,000 TUs at a time. And, you know, so just... It's a goal, you know what I mean? I like to keep track of it and just see, you know, if I'm heading in towards the right direction. Yes. And it's a it's a big I think it's a big achievement, you know, we're just a little nickel in the industry. No matter the size, they all contribute to this supply chain. Yeah. We're all connected. It's amazing the web how big it expands, yeah. you know. Um this is a question someone asked me one time I posted something about TEUs. Uh-huh. And they said, "Okay, so how do you what do you call the fifty-three footers? What are those? There's, those are, I think, intermodal boxes, right? They don't call, you know, TEU two twenties. It's a forty-foot yeah. container. So, what do you use for a forty-five or a fifty-three? What do they count, count them as? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> are those just one unit <laughs> boxes, or you just divide it by twenty and then you get two point one? I don't know. <laughs> two point one TEUs. <laughs> I'll I'll BSC if I do not answer. <laughs> yeah, but I was just curious as well. I thought, you know, I would ask, you know. Yeah. So So why don't you flex a little bit for us like what what does what does Talent Logistics, a, a company like the one you're running now look like? Like describe it. Like we got this many dispatch, we got this trucks, etc. like yeah. so we could get a visual. So we have about 10 people in the office and out of the 10 people that's management, dispatching, account receivable. We're going to be hiring a other, we're hiring someone else in February and two more um, in the next quarter. So we're going to be up to 15 people by the end of the year. Um, as far as company drivers, they're not really, you know, they're all 10 and 9, 1099 drivers. A lot of our drivers like to be self-employed and kind of, you know, we help and we're pretty flexible with when it comes to, the, you know, their scheduling and stuff like that. Um, but we have total in California, we could tap into about 62 drivers right now. And then in Texas, we have over 30 drivers out there. So that's where we're at with driver wise. We don't, uh, we don't like to get overwhelmed with too many drivers because at the end of the day, we also look at how much drivers are making per day. We want to make sure they're making their nut, making their thousand to $1,500 a day. Cause you know, that's a crucial from an owner operator perspective. Yeah. They have a minimum they have to make a day. So yeah. as far as the work and any known, as far as the volume, 
we project, you know, we don't want to have too many drivers and then it takes away from other drivers and they're only making $700, $800 a day. That's interesting because some companies don't care as long as they cover the cargo. We care. You know, because that, that happened to me before. Like the company is doing great. There's enough work for, work for everyone. And then they always say, oh, bring us a driver. We need more drivers. So, you know, everyone does their part. They bring more drivers. But now the the volume of work didn't really increase. But it's just more like a security blanket for the company. Yeah. So we're helping them to, you know, Succeed. affect our, 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 our volume. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's good that you take that into consideration because most companies don't. Yeah. So... It could be 100 loads divided by 10 guys, and everybody's eating. Everybody's yeah. moving 10 units. Now you double that. Now you're down to five. And they still made their cut regardless. Oh, yeah. But the drivers individually, they're they're hurting. They're not taking, the, you know, they're getting, like, you know, for example, $250 less that day or $300 less that day. Just hence the reason why we go out there every Thursday to see, well, you know, that's, like I said, we treat them as customers as well. They give us our feedback, like, hey, we do need extra drivers. Let's bring on some extra drivers. No, we'll get it done. So that's the reason why we like to have those one-on-ones with all those owner-operators and drivers that we have in our fleet. Nice. And, and I'm sure it's reflected in, in the driver's loyalty to you, to a degree, right? Because mm-hmm. if it slows down, then obviously they got to go shop around. But I, I, I'm, I can guarantee that that lessens the chance that of, of drivers just dropping work last yeah. minute. Yeah, you know what I mean, because when they feel that they're just the uh, an option, they'll do the same to you. Oh yeah, you're just an option. Like I'll get more over here. Like, Screw yeah. your last free day or whatever. Uh, this is better for me. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because um, uh, we just got a yard out in Ontario, and you know it's in the dairies, and we got some you know it rained, so obviously oh, it rained. No. you know what happens. Containers yeah. start sinking. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I have one of my ops managers out there and, and my wife, cause she's the one that helps me run the yard out there as well. And she's, she's like saying like, man, you have, you know, all your drivers are so like their positive mindset. Like they could be like pissed off doing the work, helping us out, or they could be happy doing the work. You know, life goes on a lot better when you just have a positive mindset. And he's like, dude, your drivers have a positive mindset. It's insane. Cause if I was in their shoes, I'll be freaking pissed. <laughs> Does it have to do with the work environment or do you send them a little pep talks? Hey, have a great day. <laughs> no. um, we usually have a group text with all like individually with all the drivers. Nice. And we, you know, it's not just work. You know, we mess around. We send memes to each other. You know, we call like, you know, we call one of our drivers, you know, uncle or deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just little things like that. And then, like I said, just to treat the way we treat them, you know, I think that's why they're like that. Yeah, there's always that one guy that that's got to make it X-rated or said some, <laughs> some weird shit. Yeah, we got a few of those. <laughs> oh, I know you guys saw my message, man. Why is no one replying? Yeah, man. liability standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you never re- reply to those, right? No. Allegedly. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Hey, <laughs> your your relationships with your customers seem great. I know you mentioned earlier, right? The, Correct. the customer service, but and they look solid. So and you seem grateful. So building that relationship, do you think that gives you leverage 
not that it's an ulterior motive why you're nice to them or go, you know, yeah. but courtesy is always welcomed, right? Yeah. But you think that gives you an advantage over competitors that might want to underbid you to take your customer? Does that establish loyalty between you or will they ditch you for someone that'll do it 10 bucks less a tea? Yeah, um, that's definitely loyalty there. Um, but at the same time, the way we look at it, like for example, COVID right now, people are charging customers an arm and a leg, you know, premium rates. I, man, I've been hearing some insane rates from Port to Compton charging a customer fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars Commerce, three grand is the most I've heard. That's insane. But guess what? When things slow down, customers, exactly. customers remember. remember that. Yes. So um, we don't, we not once up the rate during COVID for premium charge or nothing. Cause, and if anything, we up our pricing with our drivers, um, you know, just a little bit, but we took a lesser profit, you know, just to give them a little raise just to kind of motivate them as well to kind of go yeah. from there. But we never went to the well to the customers to give us more money. So, um, so I'm hoping like from like, it's not just treat them nice and stuff like that, but it's also the actions we take place. You know, we're not like every other customer charging because I'm, I'm not going to disclose what customer, but say it, say it. <laughs> no, uh, one customer told me that um, they mentioned like from all over the country, they said that we're the only carrier that haven't upped the price during this COVID pandemic. Everyone broke their contract, wanted a rate increase. Mm. And he's like, and they they kind of mentioned, we remember those type of things. So. And it confirms your, what you thought, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so there's contracts when you agree on rates with customers? How long are those contracts <laughs> for usually? Are they open to renegotiate the rates um, at a certain point? A lot of our customers are not contract-based, but our oldest customer is. Um, it's a long-term. So it depends because, you know, it has to also go with, what vessel, what steel ship line they're using? It has to align with everyone. They can't make me a longer contract than the steel ship line because mm. what if they change steel ship lines and goes to a different terminal or go to, to a different location? So it all has to align, you know, with the steel ship line and the terminals and where they're coming from. So, um, but it could be anywhere from like four years to six years, you know. So that's already a company that's pretty stable and and. Doing good, obviously, mm -hmm. when you're at that point, when you're already dealing with, <clears throat> excuse me, with steamship lines, right? Mm -hmm. What does that look like when you go do that contract? Like, do you guys meet up somewhere? Is it like a Zoom call or you email? Do you bring an attorney? Are there attorneys for this <clears throat> type of thing? Uh, no, it's um. so like the customer usually does their own contract with the steamship line. We're not involved, um, but they make sure whatever the terms they have as far as length alliance with our contract as far as lengthwise between you and customer so yes. it's you be between you and customer and then customer be and the steamship line correct yeah and then um but you know they usually send us a rough draft and you know obviously we send it to our attorneys review it to see if it you know it protects both parties you know at the end of the day you want to make sure it's fair you know you want to do your fiduciary duties um to make it you know fair for your customer fair for us as a carrier um, and then once we agree and then, you know, we set a time to go to their office and, you know, execute the, the contract. What are the things you look for in a contract when it, that we should look out for? <clears throat> like what's important to you? If you had to pick one of the top things you're looking for through that, through that tiny print. Two things. 
it's actually two things. Okay. Minimum a year. Like, you know, do obviously you don't want to, you want to make sure you do like a statistics of how much val- volume they bring in to mm. that port to the location. And, you know, you don't want to set the bar too high, but not set the bar too low, you know, compare notes with the customer and the carrier. Here's the minimal volume that you need to do a year. Cause obviously that just guarantee that guarantees you, you know, where your projections are going to be looking at for the year, you know, to support the drivers, owner operators and all that good stuff. And then, that's why uh, you had those statistics, 17,000 yeah. <laughs> TEUs. You know what your capacity is. Yes, exactly. So uh, it's a win-win. <laughs> it's good to know yeah. your shit. Then. Yeah. Like owner ops, I got to know their operating costs. So you got to know more than that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Continue. I'm and, sorry. Uh, no worries. And then um, second thing is inflation. Um, obviously, you don't want to be locked in for a rate for five years and there's no increase or anything. You want to make sure, you know, you're not going to. Like I said, like you got to be fair. You got to be fair to the customer, fair to the carrier. But, you know, do something with like rate increase, annual rate increases. Don't do like 10% increases a year, but do something. So what I do is I like to go into the statistics mm-hmm. online and check what's the average inflation cost. I like, you know, like right now it's 6%. Obviously, if we do 6% per year for the customer. That's insane. So you got to meet middle, middle ground. Like do you do 4%? Do you do 3%? You know, it's just... You kind of like, you have to look at those type of things. And what do they gauge inflation off of? The cost of living or, cost of living. or the cost of, to operate? The cost of living. Just cost in of living. Okay. Yeah, that's important. Mm. So you could keep it proportional. So if it ever goes up 6%, right? You, yeah. We go this high. If it goes 10, we go this high. But you'll never really match the exact exactly. you percentage. Wanna, you just want to like average it out. You know, I, I'll say like anywhere from 2 to 4.5%. You know, it just... It has to be fair for the customer. You know, it has to be a discussion between both parties. So that's like a clause. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> you know what? I got this coffee right here, and I'm over <laughs> here with a dry throat. Starbucks. Right. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Where was I? I think I lost my train of thought. With mm-hmm. A little brain freeze right there. Um, inflation, proportional. So, yeah. Oh, it'll come back to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's like within like a clause, right? Mm-hmm. Just meaning just if it happens. But other than that, you go based on the original, the primary agreement. When does no. that, that kicks in only if inflation occurs? No, that kicks in. So you get an increase every year. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's why you don't want to make sure it's not 6% because it's only going to be 6% temporarily. You just never know. So that's why you want to make sure you, you know, the way I look at it, it's like, what's that? perfect way when you sell apparel you know you get your cost of apparel for landed it's what ten dollars you know landed and done ten dollars and you sell it three times what it's worth i gotta go off that kind of mythology i guess or method i just do like okay six percent i'll do one third rate increases a year i think that's fair you know we're not asking for six percent every year we're asking for one third of it do you think carriers when they're on that contract level like if you had like we're we're buddies, right? But I don't have uh, a big company like yours. But let's just hypothetically speaking say, hey, I'm about to do a contract. Do you mind sharing me yours so I know to compare it? Is that unethical or is that like, hey, bro, look, here's what, it, here's what mine looks like. Make sure you get something within these margins. Or is that not a good idea in, in this competitive market? 
You just never know. Um, like if I have like a close friend that, you know, I know for years, you know, I'll kind of obviously hide out the details of my contract, but I could give them like the, you know, it's all the contracts, customer contracts are pretty much kind of the same. Yeah. I think if you go to like an attorney, they kind of rough it out the same way. <laughs> Why should it be secretive like that? What is there to be taken out of that contract if it gets in the wrong hands? In this market and trucking, you know, just people get trying to underbid you all the time, you know, and, and, and you know, not just, you know, like, for example, like XPL, Hub, and those big companies, they, um, they do the rates for a lot cheaper. They provide lower, lower, low rates. Yes. But because they think, you know, they have the infrastructure, they have the networking, they could tap into the network to get the job done. As far as a company like mine or a company like, you know, Franco Trucking or, you know, you know, just like Long Beach, L.A. Yeah. Trucking companies, um, they um, we don't have that type of resources, that type of network to get that job done in a lower rate. Um, but, yeah, just just got to be careful, you know, because it's not the first time, you know, I heard stories, you know, from the previous owner, how they try to take away the you know customers and underbid and stuff like that. You get what you pay for, though. There was a scenario of a company I hauled for. They they lost a customer to another company that went way cheaper. But then with that cheap rate, you could say that company feels that they're entitled to kind of half-ass the service. Like, you know, how, yeah. how are you to demand me to be here at a certain time if I'm, you know, you're paying way less with me. You're going to you get it when you get it. Yeah. So that customer was having issues where they would get their shit all late. And the guys were sloppy. They would just drop shit anywhere. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So then they went back to the the old customer and it's like, okay, cool. But now it's going to cost you this much more. So yeah. they, they kind of upped the price on them because they threw them off gotcha. You know, mm -hmm. they. I think when you got customers, you kind of structure your operations based on that, you know? Yeah. So that kind of threw like a, what do they say? A gear in the a monkey wrench or what, what do you say it? You know uh, that saying? I don't know the saying, but I know where you're trying to The point is the gears are going nice and cool, and then you throw something out of nowhere, boom, screwed up your plans, you know? Yeah. So they wanted them back because they liked their service. They just didn't like their price. But basically, they learned the value of, you know. A, a, a nice carrier that gets the job done. Yes, and that comes with a good price. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, that's funny you say that. It's um, I heard from two customers of mine saying, you know, they give the XPL, like, when we throw bids out, don't cheat yourself at a low price just because, you know, XPL is going to give a low bid. You know, they kind of reference good carriers as VIP carriers. And they kind of like, you know, we will pray for, like, a decent price. Because, you know, it's not just the service of getting the load done, but the customer service, emailing them, customizing our operation to tailor that specific customer. You know, that goes a long way, so. Little details that they remember mm -hmm. and take into consideration. And do you know how you guys got the first the first uh, customer ever? Did, did he ever share that with you? Um, so Keith got Starkiss. I think he was doing it since the 80s. And he was at a different company called, I forgot, CK, I don't know, Countrywide. I have no idea what the name of the company was, but every time Starkis left to a different carrier, 
he will follow. <laughs> Amen, if that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, so um, he always had a good relationship with the customer going way back. And, um, and yeah, so he pretty much jumped through several companies when Starkus told him, you know, like, hey, we're going to be leaving this carrier. We're going to go here. So if you want to put in, we could put a good in word for that company. Let's say, hey, we like this person that operates our our account. So, you know, he'll be going, you know, different cust- different carriers until one point that they were, I forgot what the name of the, of the last company that Starkus had before Talon took over. Um, they pretty much just gave him the ultimatum, like, hey, we're going to be leaving this co- this carrier. Either you start your own company or we're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> so he hmm. kind of pretty much had to start his own company back in 2007. So he had to take a, like a like a, a loan off his house, buy some trucks, get the get everything going. Wow. So he really sacrificed a lot. That's a big bet on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you could tell, you know, he started late in the game too. He was about 50-something when he started the company. Wow. Yeah, so he was not too happy. <laughs> you, you know, he only had like 10 years to retire. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so he jumped through several carriers because Starkus jumped, you know, moved to different carriers. <laughs> And then since then, since we've been having it since 2007, you know, it's been, what, 14, 15 years with Starkus? And we just kind of, you know, and then people get comfortable. Carriers get comfortable. You have this customer for a long time. Oh, well, we'll do their work later. We'll do this other customer. Let's secure this other bag. This, yeah. Mm. Never, You know, always make sure. The way I look at it, you know, uh, my financial advisor told me, you know, it's like, it's not. What's you right? have a financial advisor? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Interesting. He uh, mentioned, you know, you know, it's easy to get a customer, but it's harder to maintain that customer. Mm. So you have to work harder just to make sure they're there with you longer. So that kind of stuck stuck with me. Like, okay, I got to excel my services, excel for them. Don't get, you know, we always get comfortable in life as people. We, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You know, just like, no, we always have to make sure we're always on our toes. How could we? get better and improve that customer service for the customer. So I don't know, it just stuck with me, you know, and it's just been, every time I feel like I'm slacking off or operation slacking off, I'm like, okay, we got to get back to the roots. We're human though. I, I'm going to admit, I, I, <clears throat> I'm working on my customer service when it comes to, to shipping my merch. Mm-hmm. I've been horrible. And all I got to say is that right now, this was a reminder to me to, or always keep that customer service like yeah. the priority, you know, because their support makes you, you know, there's like, yeah, um, that's a relationship. Yeah. They're taking time out of their day to go on your website, condineros.com, <laughs> and, and, like buy, no. and, and like buy no. <laughs> discount code KTZ10 for 10% off. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so. They took time out of their day to, you know, support and you can't take time of yours to pack their shit and ship it, you know, yeah. and maybe they, you made a sale, but it's your first and your last sale. Yeah. Right. Cause you got comfortable. Oh, I made a sale. Yeah. And the money's there. They might not come back. So how so, can you make that repeat sale? Come out with some more gear and stop pissing them off. Yeah. <laughs> I do make it up to them though. I, I send a little surprise or oh, okay. maybe an extra of the item they bought. Yeah. And sometimes I just forget, and then I just, I already sealed the envelope, so I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I still send good vibes in it. I bless it. Send it on its way. Let's call that good juju. <laughs> yeah. Then they put that sticker on, and because of that blessing, you know, I sent the good vibe. Boom. Everywhere they go, in and out, in like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. But let's see. Since we're still on this um, customer service thing, do you have any advice for other carriers as far as how to get a customer and how to keep one? Um, how to get a customer? Um, like when Pepsi, I got it as a cold call. I just randomly called. <laughs> and, you know, and... How how did that go? Pretend I picked up the phone. What are you doing when when they answer? What's your what's so your? So I looked up a loan match, right? Okay. And you know I I submitted an email and they had responded. So I kind of found out who the person that posted that email on on the loan match that posting, and I spoke to that person. Hey, I'm wondering if you guys are interested. If you guys need more power to operate this lane, and they're like. And I, all I say is like we're not interested in taking on the whole business. You know we we just want to make sure if you want to be. Use us as a backup carrier. We could do, you know, a couple runs if you like us. Cool. So, and they get us, you know, they got us set up through their, you know. Onboarding. Onboarding, you know, situation. And, um, yeah, we just let, we kind of pretty much, before we do the loads, we kind of let them know what we need from them and kind of go from there and just let our customer service and operations and drage take, do all the work. And they like the way our services do. And they're like, hey, do you want to do more work? You want to do more work? And. Little by little, we're like, man, we're you know, we're like a we play a crucial key in the West Coast because it it's all intermodal, it's all rail work for them. Okay. Um, they have their own private boxes, which is nice. They do. Yeah, they have um POYU boxes. So POYU. Yeah. So um, they started with you remember those old Pacer boxes? Yeah, the big blue ones. Yeah. So right? they they got some of those. Not oh, the best, but they re uh, they renamed them. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. And they bought they actually bought brand new ones. So Pacer went out the door, right? Yeah. Or, or were just the, under another name? I don't remember. They went the, out the door. And then and XPO. Then, it was around. The, it was a lot of changes going on around yeah. that time. Yeah, right? like yeah, yeah. So um, they bought some of their boxes, and then they actually bought brand new boxes this last year. Um. So. Just like I said, customer service, um, that goes a long way. And then just the way we treat our customers, treat them like number one, treat our drivers number one, because if you need both sides, all we are, and we're just the middle people, just kind of being their eyes and ears for the customers, for the drivers, vice versa, to get the job done. And then obviously custom customized report to the to it to the way to the way they like it, mm-hmm. um, and just communicating with them on email. And also reach out to them, right? Mm-hmm. Don't wait for them to. I think most go based on the emails they get. Like, what do you got for me? Like, oh, you got that? Let me call you. But it's not like going out of their way to like per, to chase something yeah. intentionally. Most connections have been made by someone reaching out to them and they reply. They were not in control of that outcome entirely. But yeah. you... All I want to say is that's... uh. Initiative matters. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't have got that Pepsi yeah. account. Yeah, they weren't gonna call you. They didn't know who you were, right? And yeah, they don't care. And then, and also, that going back to that question, how to retain that customer? You know, get it and keep it. Don't worry about the work. Just worry about the relationship. The work will come after. 
but that balance relationship yeah. with the driver yeah. that work might not be yeah beneficial to the driver you said Correct. earlier right yeah it sounds a little stressful but rewarding once you get it the rhythm going you know yeah why do you think some companies they obviously got the capital why, why don't some companies just do their own thing like let's say the the Starkist or Pepsi like why do they need uh outside carriers I don't know if that's a dumb question but why do they choose that path probably cheaper than not having their own because you think about it liabilities too. um not really like probably to a certain extent okay um but just imagine starting up a, a whole trucking division you mm. know you have to pay workers comp you got to pay insurance you, okay, you got to okay. keep track of have a whole team of safety compliance all that good stuff and i could tell you right now i'm pretty sure you know um workers comp and trucking is expensive <laughs> Super expensive. That's going to get interesting as well with that AB5. If that goes through right right now, it's still kind of in the air. Or do you have any updates? Have you heard anything? It's in the air. Um, one of our attorneys, he's actually was one of the lead counsels for CTA. Okay. Um, and he's helped fight that battle, you know, with AB5 like a year ago or whatever. And all he says, like, you know, you can have the best contract with the owner operator. But he even says the same thing. It's all about relationships. Make sure you keep the drivers happy. If they're happy, why would they, you know, sue or why would you do this? Or So just make sure you just keep that relationship with them. So a lot, a lot of people forget that. Damn, if you think about it, it's kind of creepy, but this shit kind of can be the same advice for, like, Everything. maintaining a marriage, you know? <laughs> it, or friendship or, you know. Or you know, you, everything. You, you, you don't want them over here swapping placards on the weekends. You know, like, <laughs> no, you got to be loyal to this yeah. company. You know, yeah. What did you do to lose that? You know, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Um, yeah. So I asked you about that retaining the customer, but once you're big, do do the, the worries of loss ever cross your mind? Like, man, I'm up here. I know it's negative thinking, but we're human. Every now and then, I, it's got to come through. Like, do you ever feel that? Like, like losing a company, or yeah, like any fear of loss. Like, damn, what would happen if I lost this? Like, what would I do? What would you oh. be if 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 you lost this company? Um, that's a good question. Um, try to think about that one. Lost a company. Um, obviously, like. Any decisions we make, like now, uh, I don't look at it from my standpoint. I look at, you know, running a business is not just always, I'm going to make this decision to make money. I'm going to make this decision to, you know, grow faster. Every time I make a decision, I always think about my employees in the office, think about my drivers. Because, man, if, if I, I hate to say it, if I do one bad fuck up, it's not just my job on the line. Yeah, you it's, carry that. It's everyone's. And that's like a, a burden, you know, for mm -hmm. I think all like companies like around my size and, you know, for that family owned business, you know, model, you know, people that they're, you know, it's a family based trucking business. They carry that weight, I believe. And, you know, it's, and I could tell you this, Keith told me, and um, this is more of a personal thing. When if I, you're comfortable with it, feel free. Yeah. Um, when I took over, I was so happy. I was so happy. I'm like, man, I'm going to, you know, you know, just like a little boy, like tr trying out a new toy. Yeah. Um, and he just told he just told me just remember you're gonna sacrifice. He's like you're gonna lose sleep, 
you're going to be stressed out. You might get even depressed. And I remember like that first time I took over and there's days I get in sleep. There's days I, dude, I was going through like this whole mental breakdown. Like, you know, I'm very vocal on my personal page. Like I seek therapy like every week. I think it's good for you to seek therapy. Um, and cause honestly, like without that direction, you know, from a professional man, I'll be lost. I'll be like, I'll be t- short fuse. I'll be tempered. You know, you got to show communication with empathy, you know, everything, you know? So I remember when he told me that and I was like, I didn't believe it. And when I took over, I was like, holy cow, <laughs> he was right. He, it, it's, it's a, it's a game changer. Maybe he's the head that wears the crown. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, those so, sayings aren't just sayings for the fuck of it. They have meaning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> it is, I'm always thinking about that now. And now I just have guidance. I have professional, you know, people to help me guide it. You know, I remember I was talking to some of my family members and I was like embarrassed about it going to therapy. You know, That's it's a like, bad thing. We shouldn't be, <laughs> no. we need to make it more like vocal. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're less of a man if if you lie to yourself and and don't yeah. face the problem. Yeah, it, it takes balls to be like I I gotta deal with this, man. Yeah, and I remember my brother once told me he's like, man, you know, strong people seek therapy because they need guidance. They hit this roadmap. They hit this roadblock, and they need to seek professional guidance. And you know, since then, you know, I've been kind of like vocal about it. Like I'm blessed, you know, by seeking therapy helped me as a business owner, helped me as a father, helped me as a as a husband, help me as a friend, as a son, as a, uh, as a sibling, you know, it has, I think it over, overall in life, it has helped me become a better person, the way I approach things, the way, you know, understanding their perspective, you know, it's, it's, so going back to that question, if I lose everything, I think I'll be okay because I have people that will help me get through it. Yeah, I guess I could rephrase it to tone it down a little bit. It may have been a little too direct like extreme lose everything but i mean just like a thought every now and then we get like because sometimes we gotta like chill and and back off and look at where we're at like wow all this is me this is what i'm blessed with right now like well i hope i never lose this like well i don't know what i would do you know just little thoughts like that but then you carry on and maybe that pushes you to keep hustling and, and stay the course yeah Knowing that your your people depend on you, I'm sure that has a lot to do with why you stayed up. Yeah. That kind of pressure kind of, it won't let you sleep good at night. No. That if no one's <laughs> counting on you, you add depression to that, like what the fuck is there to live for? You just sleep yeah. in all day and. Yeah. Yeah. You get those moments you don't sleep and then you get those moments you just don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. you get those It's days. horrible going through a day that you don't want to be involved in. I've yeah. had to do that before. I don't know if you had, but. Yeah. They go by so slow, man. It's like, and everything happens that day. Like, really? Today? <laughs> you want to be yeah. the one to, you know, to find out? <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's where you get the little, um, I say, like, my little, little Puentes Rays area. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to short fuse me right now. <laughs> yeah. What? At what point did you say, okay, I need to do this? I need to seek help did someone bring it to your attention or you just tired of it you're like okay obviously i don't know how to do it my um my wife has been telling me this for years you know obviously you know um but i think getting into this bigger role like i had to put my ego aside 
I got to do what's right for the company. I can't just go with the same mindset. You know, I could do this on my own, you know, and, you know, with my mentor, like, no, like, I need to be good spiritually. I need to be good mentally to run. So when I remember when I first told my wife about it, he was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing therapy. She's like, oh, my God, thank God. And like I said, since then, it's been a blessing in disguise. I have never thought it was going to be like that. Um, and then also just looking at my previous uh, mentor, he came through all these, you know, y- you know, he went through that. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I kind of, you know, obviously you see someone going through that. You want to make sure you want to adapt and be different. You know, you want to do better. And, you know, and obviously, like for me and him, like, you know, we're in a good place. You know, I still my mentor, he's he's fully retired, but. I still go to his house every Tuesday, you know, we, you know, we share a cocktail, we share laughs, we share, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, we just, we're in a better place, him and I, you know, and I think for him seeing me going through therapy, he kind of seems like, man, that's, that's a good step for me to kind of be in this role, especially if I'm traveling to different locations, opening up like Texas and we're going to be opening up in Arizona too. So, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Um, so once you take that step, now you ain't scared to go across state lines. Texas, why not do Arizona? Why not do yeah. Georgia? Why not, you know? Yeah, whatever the customer needs us at, well, they're going to try our best to do it. So when you had that, and let me know if you want to get off the topic at any time. No, no I respect your, you know, your space or whatever. Um, did When you went to, I guess I'm kind of curious myself because... I may be interested in getting some help as well, you know? Okay, yeah. But um, <clears throat> in the past, I just had bad experiences. And I'm not going to make it about me, but I'm just going to share that with you. Okay. That I, I took it. At that time, I didn't know this whole, the cuatro acuerdos, you know? Like, one of the main ones is, like, don't take nothing personal and don't yeah. assume, you know? there's mm-hmm. They're very Im- important. Be impeccable with your words. Always do your best. Just four basic principles, you know, for life. Yeah. Do so much with those. My mistake is I took it personal. And I assumed she didn't care about me. I I had um, messaged her like basically suicidal tendency type of conversation. Yeah. And the, what did she do? She just texted me a suicide hotline number. You know? Okay. Yeah. So I felt like, really? That's what you could do for me? Right? Yeah. But then, and then I stopped going to therapy. That time I was really breaking down and I'm like, I wanted her help. And she just... I felt like she just, there was no value of my life to her to give me the time needed to maybe save my life. I know it sounds selfish or petty, but at the time I I was just tunnel vision. Like, you should help me. You should do this when I have the power to do it. It's just I had to switch my mindset. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I didn't do therapy because I thought that they're fake. And they, obviously, if they do it for money, it's like, ah, you just tell me what I want to hear. You know, the fuck I want to go hear some yeah. bullshit for, you know? Yeah. I got this. I got this. But then thinking back of that, it made me want to ask you this. Did you kick it off right away with your therapist or did you shop around? Because my girl says, hey, maybe she wasn't a good fit for you. Just try someone else. Maybe there's liabilities. She can't give you advice. What if you do kill yourself? And now, based on her advice, she's in a bind. Yeah. So it's a lot of scenarios. Um. So for me, so other person I know, I'm not going to disclose who he is. He went to a second therapy. He did shop around because he didn't like his first one. And he's doing good now. Um. For me... The guy I met, we hit it off. Um, it was a Hispanic dude. 
and we come from a he's like hey we're hispanics we're you know our culture we got to be machismo you mm -hmm. know kind of like you gotta you know therapy who needs therapy you know like he, that's out the door so we kind of just hit it off and he kind of you know i think the first uh, first session damn cried like a baby um <laughs> uh, uh so i was just fortunate i was really fortunate to came across that guy it was referred a referral of a friend that sent me that person's info so well you're blessed like that's the first one boom yeah that's good and crying is always good therapy whether you're with a therapist or not yeah yeah um machismo aside I, i've cried in my truck before and it wasn't planned you're just driving around and i guess your subconscious is like like bro your life sucks right now <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're right bro or you get then, that we get that one song that just hits home and it's just like oh shit <laughs> yeah which song is that for you uh, I have a few. It just random. It just depends on the day. <laughs> There's yeah. a few. You just you might be having a bad day, or you know you're not the best, you know, and you be driving to work, and then next thing you know you're like, why the fuck am I crying right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mine was a Pearl Jam song. You Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy. Okay, I need to listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I'm but, happy for you, man. That's you know, it. it just shows that. Just because you're successful or other people see you as successful, it doesn't mean you're happy or you can be. Like, it's yeah. not always like that. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Life is just in general. Just... Or some guys probably think like, man, I'm a company driver right now. I want to be owner, Rob. Then I want to own a company. Then I want to have this big ass fleet and then I'll be happy. Well, if they fast forward to it and they actually get it, how long does it last before it, you know, it's that little feeling. You get that new car. Yeah. It'll last you like two weeks, they say, the average is. Yeah. Then you're back to the ungrateful ways, and it's like, what else? What else? Yeah. You just got to appreciate life, man. You know, like I said, Excuse I have, me. I have uh, other family, you know, and friends, like, they went through some hardship, too, and it's kind of, I just think life in general, you got to just appreciate it. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. a, a very personal thing. Not everyone wants to open up about it. Yeah. You know? Well, I felt, you know. I think the vibe as we're talking, you know, I was a little mm -hmm. nervous coming in here. I'm <laughs> nervous. I'm still nervous every time, you know. Um, but just, I don't, I don't know. I believe, you know, when your heart wants to speak and your soul wants to speak, you know, you want to speak because you never know. So maybe someone else might need that push too because I, I was stubborn as well. So, you know, if I could, you know, if you, if you want, you know, like referrals or people want referrals, I could send you, you know, some of my referrals, you know, to seek. And therapy is like, honestly, I feel good about it. You know what I mean? I uh, really do. Um, I think we all need it. I think our coach, in the, today's society where we live in, I think we all need it. That's my opinion. It's like maintenance, right? Like, yeah. But for the vibes. Yeah. You go, you know, get the vibe check, come out, Can clear that mindset. Yeah. Reset, reground. And then when you're not with a the therapist, you have ways to... Re coping re mechanisms. Coping yeah. mechanism. Regrounding. Yeah. And... You never had to self-medicate. I ended up falling victim of that. Not victim. That's a horrible word. I'm trying to get rid of that shit. But I ended up choosing that. Self-medicating, like how so, like? Um, drug use, alcohol, stuff to numb the pain. Um, I, I can say, like... There's many ways, bro. I, yeah. I, I can give you a whole list of things people do, but everyone's different, you know? Yeah, I think uh, for me, it was drinking in my 20s, kind of 
going through some, you know, mess, you know, and that's why my wife was like, you got to see therapy because you can kind of, you know, so now it's like I drink not as a habit. I drink just to socialize and, you know, don't get, you know, it's, you know, I learned how to kind of cope with it and kind of have it like as a healthier choice. Like if you're having a bad day and, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I know if I'm going to go do that, that's not good. I'll be, you know, it'll amplify the, yes. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have that discipline where you um where you know your capabilities and you know you know better. You yeah, know? it's been good the it's been really good this past year, but I could say I'm still I still have my moments. <laughs> Some of us know it's stupid and we still do it anyway. <laughs> Figure it out later. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And you mentioned mentor. Mentor. Uh, I love that word. I hope to someday be you know, regarded as such by someone. Yeah. Hopefully I can learn from my mistakes and help someone else eventually. Ideally, I should start at home with my own kids, Yeah, you know, for the future. And they're, the kids are the future, right? Mm-hmm. What is the, what's his name? That guy that owns Virgin uh, Airlines, Richard Branson? or Yeah, Richard, the guy with the long gray hair, right? Yeah, he said, don't judge me by my success. Judge me by my children's. Or how my children turn out. Some shit like that. I really one. need to write down these quotes, but I hope you get the point. Yeah. You know? So what good is it if you're successful, but you failed at raising your kids and they're losers? Yeah. Are you really successful? Not in that aspect. Yeah. Gotta leave it for the kids. So that one keeps coming to me. Yeah. You know? And... That's why we do what we do to leave, uh, create that generational wealth and figure it out along the way so that they don't have to go through it. Yeah. But also don't want to just hand it to them because then it's not valued. You know, I feel the way we grew up impacted our desire to succeed. It's funny you say that. I totally agree with you on that. I'm not sure what part. You got any of- stories of the struggle? Uh, yeah, dude. Um, grew up in La Puente. Um, my parents, you know, they lost a the house, and I think for a long time we, it was uh, my parents, my older brother that's disabled, um, uh, mentally disabled. He has, uh, he's autistic. Okay. And then I have my sister. I remember living in a two bedroom uh, condo in in West Covina, Puente. I used to hate life. I used to share a sofa bed with my brother. My sister had a room. My parents had a room, and my parents going through that struggle. And then obviously the environment we're in, it was like gangs taggers and you gotta act hard if, not, if you don't act get you know if you don't act hard you know they just get bullied all the time i feel like an outcast during my high school years like i shit you know excuse my friends an outcast for sure and just you felt like a fucking outcast guys <laughs> yes <laughs> um but just going through that whole like you know i remember my daddy used to always tell me yeah we he my parents were the first ones to come here from mexico to uh, California and they became citizens so we're like the first generations I guess they call us the pochos the pochos yeah right? um I remember my daddy used to always tell me you know like you know I came here to give you guys a better life you know working like a fucking dog and then do that he used to tell me that every day dropping me off to, to school and I took that to heart you know I you know everything I do it's for you know for my wife and the kids and for my parents because you know I wanted them to know like I didn't take that for granted this opportunity and you know just you know, parents, you know, that love, you know, I used to play baseball. I remember like 
they buy me like a baseball glove, that'll, that'll be like the whole week's worth of their check on my dad's side or something. Yeah. To give me, and that'll sacrifice, you know, for food or bills and, you know, just little stuff like that. So just appreciate a lot of a lot of the small things, you know what I mean? And I think growing up, going seeing their struggle made me just be like, I don't want to, I don't want to put my kids through that. But now I have to find that balance, how to have my kids appreciate what I appreciated growing up from yeah. a different aspect. Yeah, the value comes with the intention and and the sacrifice that you know was that came from that or what had to be done. Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is like. If I give you my last ten dollars that I have to my name, and I genuinely want you to have a meal with that, that's worth more than a millionaire giving you a hundred dollars. Yeah. In, in in that comparison. Yeah. You know, just a scenario. No, yeah. Here's a hundred. Get away from me. But me is like, man, this is all I have. But I'm getting the, literally like the shirt off my back. So. Yeah. So we we value that. You know. Yeah. And here you are now, man. Life's a trip. Yeah, it is a trip. And like I said, now I just kind of what I do to pay it forward. You know, I had, like I said, mentor. Like I know you said, that's a great word. Um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so. How does one find a mentor? And what, what do you say? Hey, will you be my mentor? Like, is there some, I know it's not something <laughs> that you get a contract or something. But when people say that, I always wonder how that goes down. Like. You want to be my mentor? <laughs> like, how does that happen? It just it just comes in naturally, dude. Like, my mentor is the previous owner, you know. Like, and you know, it's like, and everyone, it's funny because he, this guy, you know, Keith, it's like, he's I think sixty two, sixty three, mm-hmm. and when we go out, you know, for dinner, you know, be him and his wife and I, they look at us it's like, who's this person with this person, <laughs> and like they don't, and they always ask like, oh, how you guys know each other, and it's kind of we always make it awkward, like. He's like you know I'm like his mentor slash friend slash father figure. <laughs> it's like we don't have to, it's like a weird dynamic, but the relationship is there. We have the good chemistry, you know. It's just it's hard to describe it to people. Well, he pisses me off. He's my stepbrother <laughs> <laughs> or primos lejanos. <laughs> primos. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so it just happens naturally. It just happens. And the mentor says, "I'm okay being your mentor." Uh, you know, I don't. Never mind. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, it's like you know, like okay, it's gonna be a horrible scenario. But like, uh, let's say, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can say. It, I guess. It's like, hey, the, let's say a, a single parent. You know, <laughs> the guy comes in. And, will you be my daddy? Like, so it's like, will you be my mentor? Like, you know what I mean? Like, at what point do you establish that? Like. Um, you know, what are the traits or the qualities of a mentor? Like, what do you? Okay, he has this, he has that. Yeah, that's mentor, mentor status or mentor material. Honestly, he shares a good mentor. I feel like he shared all his mistakes and what he would have done differently. And then I think that I have a good stepping, a good advantage because, like, okay, I'm in the same scenario. How could I do it different now? You know, because every time I'm in a big bind, I call him like for advice. And, you know, sometimes he has advice, sometimes he does it, but majority of times he does. And then, you know, I'm retired, fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there's times, you know, like if I'm in your shoes, you know, this gives me that little. And he's like, you know what? That makes sense. He just reassures me if I'm going towards the right direction or, you know. It's funny when you hear that from the right person, it's so you you get that sense of safety. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also risky. You know why? 
a lot of dreams have died by people that have a dream. Well, most old school parents, especially Mexicans, like let's just say, or Latinos, let's just say, right? Yeah. Papá, es que yo quiero ser un cantante. You know? Yeah. No mames, güey. Ponte a trabajar mejor. You know? <laughs> Cortate esos pelos. What are you doing with those estos pinches piercings, all this shit? You, know, you yeah, know what I mean? I see what you mean. And because he idolizes his father so much, you know, you know what? My father's probably right. And let that dream die. So it could go both ways. Sometimes it's not their intention, but just their opinion has that much impact that it can alter your destiny. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's 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 true. There's times that he disagrees on some of my decisions. And after the fact, like, I think the Texas, he was a little worried about the Texas location. Okay. Yeah. And like, perfect example. He's okay. Like, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm not too sure. He's like, but if you know, because, you know, he's not looking at it from a business standpoint. He's also looking from a personal standpoint. Like, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? It's a lot of travel, a lot of time away from your kids, your wife, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. You know? And then, like, the first two months was hard, but, like, now, since August to now, that location is profitable and that location is good. We don't need to be there as much. And then he's like, well, you know, kind of, he kind of was like, well, it seems like you did good, you know? Like, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's times, like, you know, he's cautiously tells me, but he doesn't say, like, don't do it, you know? He just warns me that this could happen. So, but it's just kind of, I think, me, I, like I say, it goes back to character. You know, I'm, I'm going to prove this person wrong. I'm going to make sure I succeed. Yeah. So that's my opinion. That's great. And then Arizona. So at what point do you feel like, okay, now's a good time to <clears throat> move on to Arizona? Like, how do you know you're good? Like, like if you're painting a house, you know, you're going to go room by room. So how do you know the Texas room is fully painted and now you can go to Arizona? You know, like, the good thing is right now I have uh, cousins out there in Texas. Uh, my one of my cousin, he see what I mean. Like it's expanding. Everybody's winning. Yeah. Like the whole family line, or yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I have family, friends, and you know, even people that I don't I haven't met since they come on board. That must feel good. Come through. Like, hey, I got this opportunity for you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, my let's, cousin. Let's grow. My cousin's happy. He's actually from Arizona. Okay. And I, he he did flatbed work from Arizona to California or California to Vegas mm. for fifteen years. And he never done container work. Mm-hmm. He's like, hell no, I'm never gonna go to California and do port work. Um, but he, hey, uh, we're like the same like skin type oh, sort yeah. of. No seremos primos, <laughs> probably. You think we're cousins, bro? <laughs> so cousins. <laughs> I wear glasses too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's out there helping me start the operation. So um, it's been successful, and you know, I, I really value his opinion. I, like I said, owner operators, drivers. I really do value their opinion, and it shows, like, by me valuing their opinion, we're able to tweak the operation to mm-hmm. way it's better for them, better for us, better for the customer. Um, so Arizona is pretty much for him. You know, he lives in Arizona, so once he's has – he already has a couple of trucks out there in Texas. Once he's done, he's going to go to Arizona. I'm going to give him that that location for him. That's, like, my way of saying thank you. And, you know, and if I need to open up another location, he said the same thing. Like, hey, if you need to open up in – savannah or new jersey um or somewhere else you're like i'll go out there and check it out for you you know he'll go out there for three months and work and see how it is so um i think that's a good blueprint for me yeah i have the person that drives do you take notes of how what you did to for it to be successful in texas and then just duplicate that in each state from now on or you think is that a good strategy like how do you 
I think it's you obviously a, learned something from it, and you're gonna. Yeah, I think it's repeat. a good. It's I'm a good. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Yeah, go no, ahead, go ahead. No go worries. Ahead. I think it's a good foundation. Okay. A good blueprint, but obviously every market, every location is a different market. So I think that's why if like the foundation is, you know, we have our team to support, you know, from out here, and I have my cousins that drive. They have the feel. So if we could work it out to make it the way we want to know, it's like how could we sell it. He'll tell me all the pros and cons of the lane and how could we fix the cons. And then from there, what we could do is like, okay, there's a pros. Let's let's sell it off to owner operators, how this is the good lane. You know, obviously the rate has to be there, you know, at market price and all that good stuff. How could we sell it off? So we treat it like a we literally treat it like a business development for the driver's perspective as well. So in new markets, do you ever feel um, you got to fake it till you make it as far as capacity goes. For example, oh. guys that are starting out, I've seen it happen where they just want to, they have five trucks or one truck, right? And they take on something that the capacity requirement is, you know, we need 20 boxes moved or, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's guys that'll take that risk and just to secure the lane. Have have is that a good method, or you you think that can be backfire on you? Like oh, be over capacity. Yeah, like let's say Arizona. Well, you'll be able to venture there because they have a certain number they want to hit, and you, for the sake of getting the lane, you'll say yes and figure it out as you go. Honestly, um, excuse me, Fritz. I hate when people do carriers that over capacity. Like they booked one hundred twenty percent. As of their capacity, you know what I mean? They do that extra 20%. Just yeah, to, then they're looking for owner ops. And then doing that. Like ask, crazy. What I do is I tell them, like, you know, for, number one, I ask the customer, like, how many loads a day, how many loads a week? On average, how many drivers you need per per day? And then from there, I structure. And then if I can't fill it up when the, the live date, I'm, I'm, I'm straight honest, I only have one driver. I only have two drivers. I only have three drivers for this lane. I'm very I, honestly other th- key thing to in my opinion transparency be very transparent. I think customers cuz they my customers are back east. They don't know nothing that's going on where they're we're picking up loads. Mm-hmm. So we could give them a visual their eyes and ears and be like straight up honest with them. That goes a long way versus oh yeah, you want you know, I have 100 loads. We could do it. In reality, you can only do 50 or 75. Oh, then and then that just leaves a bad taste in customers' mouth. That's my opinion. Mm. What if? But you already have the the trucks. You have something going. But mm. what about someone that doesn't have shit and they could afford to take that hit? Like, if they end on bad terms with that with that customer because they didn't meet the capacity, at least they shot their shot. At, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I'll figure it out as I go. I'll get a couple guys to help me. Yeah. Hmm. It feels like you got to do that, though. Like, at that point, the transparency yeah. is it's against you. Like, what, you have one truck and you're going to just have your buddies help you? Nah, we're good. Um, if you wouldn't have lied, you wouldn't get it. That's how some people think. Even I think like that to some extent, you know? Honestly, I think because of the relationships we have with our customers and because, you know, we became, you know, a lot of our customers are more like, you know, yeah, they're our customers, but it's like a little bit more than customers, like on a personal level, you know what I mean? We become kind of like friends, you know, kind of. And they, you know, as advice from a customer's perspective, they like that transparency. They're like, you know what? 
I like I like the way you do your work. I like the way you email us. I like the, how mm. you do your billing and everything. All right, we'll give you a try one. How, you have one driver. All right, you have one truck. We'll give you this lane, you know, because they have other carriers they could use, you know. But if they like the way you work, the way they like the way you present yourself, mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, I think honestly, emails matter. I'm I'm writing that down, you know. Emails matter. Transparency, emails, communication, you know. Mm-hmm. That all that stuff matters, you know. So, and you know, obviously, um, we're gonna be so. You never um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so now we're gonna be using technology as far as I think uh, we're gonna be going over to Port Pros. Yeah, we're actually in training right now. Um, so right. I think that's gonna be even more automated transparency, visibility, all that good stuff. I think it's gonna help. It's gonna be great. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I honestly think you know, but at the same time, you have that technology. You want to make sure everything's all fully automated. How can you still keep that relationship balance too? Just remember that, you know, mm-hmm. we, me, my employees have to remember that, you know, just keep that balance of relationships. So what I'm taking from this is that if you're just starting out, you only have one truck, let them know, hey, I have one truck. I'll be honest with you. I have one truck. I know you guys, most companies want like 10 and up, but this is what I got right now. But. If you give me a chance and always, you know, work out a possibility, yeah. like I'm here, yeah. even if I'm your last choice, I'm your backup, backup, backup carrier, you can go you, from there. Then they'll shoot you a couple loads knowing that you don't have capacity. So now if you can't cover it, there's no hard feelings yeah. and you don't burn that bridge. Correct. I like that. I thought I was slick, you know, <laughs> but cool. Thank you for that. Anytime. So, yeah, we're almost getting to the end of this. Um, I'd assume that the bigger the company gets, the more pressure you feel to really choose the right people to join the team. So what do you look for in, in someone that you're going to consider working with? Um, right now, so the past couple of years, I've been looking at operation structure. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking at more business mind and structure. So I have this um, some guy named Isaac. Um, what's up, Isaac? <laughs> you probably will see this podcast when it comes out. <laughs> um, he actually lives in Georgia. He's going to be li- coming out to California. And he was actually in the healthcare industry doing contracts for testing labs, getting collected from insurance, all that stuff. He was actually like people's right-hand people from CEOs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I think bringing him on board, he's going to have that business mindset. You know what I mean? So have a mm. bit someone else but to help me with the business stressfulness you know kind of go from there and then also bringing in more you know operation people dispatchers and you know account receivable people account payable and number one thing i never go with hey you're only gonna be a dispatcher this is your job i like to bring people with multiple hats i tell them like hey you're gonna be this and this because it gives them opportunity to get paid more you know they get more money out of it they become more valuable to the company I feel like when people started like, oh, I have my AP department out here, I have my AR team here, oh, and I have my uh, compliance department over there, you just, you know, everything's all department section off, you know? I feel like you kind of plateau, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, in my opinion, like, I feel like to, I, you know, my mentor gave me all these multiple hats. I kind of want to pay it forward and see if they're able to do those multiple hats because at the end of the day, they become really valuable. They know operations, they know compliance, they know you know, 
AP, AR, and they know, you know, IT stuff. So. So you know how to pick them pretty much. And then character. Are you confident that you know how to pick your guys? Um, I'm going to let uh, our, my team comment on this podcast. <laughs> of course, they're going to say, yeah, we're great. We're the best there ever was. <laughs> uh, or our drivers or operators take a comment. <laughs> Basically, you haven't regretted hiring anyone so far. I have not um, <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's great. Everyone's in a... And then you got to ask an interview questions. I like to ask character trait questions as well. I like to add not just about the experience. You know, a lot of people that started here, they had no experience. How intense are those questions? They're not like the ASVAB, the military questions, right? Oh, no. I, those I, are intense. Like, yeah. Would you have sex with your sister? <laughs> there, there's some weird shit on oh, those I didn't questions. Know yes. Yeah. I didn't know. It's more about like what type of character you are. Like, you know, like. What kind, of, what kind of traits they have yeah so um i think i asked a lot more questions of like those versus how do you do excel have you done a tms system have you learned compliance because mm-hmm. you know once they have that grit once they're driven once they're hungry like i like to say the underdogs and once people plateau and they don't they don't have in their other career able to step up because they work in government sectors sections and you have to wait until the old person retires to get ahead, you know? Yeah. So I looked for, like, those those type of, you know, people. And then those people naturally stand out sometimes. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's easier once once they're in, the confirmation comes through with their actions. Yes. Right? I bet there's a lot of misleading resumes out there where they, they beef it up. And then there's people with no resumes that have better work ethic than some with the cleanest resumes. Yeah. You know, what's your biggest fear in operations? What's your biggest fear that what could go wrong? Um, what is one thing that you're like, oh, shit, if this fucks up, it'll really fuck shit up for a bit. Like, Biggest fear in operations. I'll throw you a hint. Is it a dispatcher screws up and didn't catch a container? It's been there for months. Now you owe thousands of the merge. Um. Don't really come across those issues. Okay. Um, like I said, with the seashell line, with the way we have things set up, mm. flexibility-wise, it's nice. Relationship. Good relationship. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I honestly think my biggest fear is getting too comfortable. Getting too comfortable, we start creating shortcuts. Start half-assing our work. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously, if we made it this far, we don't want to start taking a step backwards and start kind of going back because then if we start going backwards it's gonna transpire to our drivers transpire to our customers keep the foot on the throttle like the way you had it that got you here mm-hmm. right don't ease off don't ease off be consistent about it too okay that's my biggest fear because then you know i'm gonna hear it from people <laughs> any advice for you know to, to wrap things up any advice to for any new for the new carriers out there the small carriers in particular, that's that's a lot of, that's like a trend right now. Because yeah. of the AB5 scare, it, it created this, I am I may be wrong, but I, I feel that's what happened. Like everyone has their own authority right now. Yeah. So in reality, they're LMCs, licensed motor carriers. Yeah. They're, they're little, little company. They have potential right now. They, that's the legit way to go, right? They can grow. Yes. So what advice do you have for 
someone like that with one truck that has a dream to end up like you? Um, just when you're reaching out to people, like customers and all that good stuff, may create the relationship first. It, it might take time or it might take like a month or just building that relationship. Take that relationship, build that relationship. And I promise, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say promise because I want to get sued or something. <laughs> um, but I guarantee you, once you build that relationship, work will come. I honestly think build that relationship first. Be honest with them. Be transparent. Be communicative with them. And build that relationship with the customers. And then, you know, and then once things work out, you're going to have, you're going to be working with someone that you like. You have someone that you're just like, man, I like talking to this person. I like to call the phones. I am... <laughs> Don't you hate when you have those customers that you don't like to talk with them to so ignore their their calls? Like I don't have that, but <laughs> I see it. And other people come. Yeah. Oh man, this person's calling me. I'm not gonna answer. <laughs> I don't like talking to that person. Mm. So you know you want to when someone calls you. Oh, I get sad. You know, some someone calls me for like one of my customers or calls. They call you know the operations team. We're all excited. Oh, this person's calling. Pick up the phone. Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> you know, kind of. Go from there. They say you could pick up a smile through a phone call for some reason. I don't know yeah. if you believe that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. So I think uh, seek out relationships first and then work will follow. That's my opinion. Great advice. You know, I'm starting this. Um... Oh, one last thing. I just saw it on my notes. I circled the, the side of the T. I just want to let you know that if you did that intentionally, that's pretty cool. The, the the T looks like the like the pico, like the beak of a bird. Yeah, is that what it is? Well, it's because talon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. yeah they made yeah. But speaking of this, we're actually gonna revamp our logo. It's yeah, come, it's coming um this coming week, so you're gonna be able to see it. I'll show you after <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, I got I got a guy for you if you like some of the artwork I have so far. No, yeah. That one's nice, yeah. Especially for the podcast, like that'll be like a nice little setup. Yeah, woo, woo. we still got a long ways to go in here. A lot of space, as you can see, to add some artwork. Yeah, and whatnot. I gotta but, give um, you the the hookups on the the pictures I have. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah. You should have brought me that one. <laughs> I should have brought you that one. Yeah, and just like I don't want to wait for you to buy one. Just give me that one that you have. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Give it to you. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of artwork out there. Just don't know what to pick. When once you go online, a ton of shit comes out. Yeah, I just ordered um, a poster from the the Man in the Arena quote by uh, by by Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't memorized it, but in essence, it just says that everyone likes to judge the man in the arena too. You know, like it's easy to talk shit about something you're not involved in, looking from the outside in. Yeah, you know. So that one sticks with me because sometimes people criticize and fuck him. A lot of people you know? criticize, you know, and just. If they're not in your shoes, then they don't know what it's like. Yeah. You know, if you like that those type of quotes, you have to look up uh, John Jordan Peterson. He's a, a speaker. Dude, I love the way he speaks, man. Same here. Uh, yeah. It's just sometimes I got to rewind and hear it again, yeah. you know? Yeah. But his vocabulary is intense. Like. And. Feels you can just see it like the genuine the way he talks. Yeah, I bought his book, The Twelve Laws or The Twelve, 12 Rules. Rules of yeah. Life. Yeah, I must confess it, it's there. But I'll get to it. I have it on Audible. I'm kind of 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lost my password. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's great. Those things help. Then, so you do listen to motivational stuff, and oh yeah. So it has a lot to do with the way you uh, carry yourself, right? Because what you feed your mind, it it reveals itself in your actions, and then those actions lead to change, and it's a ripple effect. Yeah, law right? of attraction. So fuck toxic thoughts and. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time. I know this uh, goodbye, I kind of extended it right now. I tend to do that. I don't know if I have ADHD, bro. Oh. I get distracted a lot. Oh, no. You're good. You know what those, I mean? Those good I, conversations. I was, I was literally saying, okay, <laughs> I was literally saying, yeah, on a, you know, we're about to wrap this up. Any advice? <laughs> yeah, by the way, your, your, the T in your logo has a fucking beak on it. <laughs> you know? Oh, this is a note that I made for you. Look. Um, talent, right? Mm-hmm. This is what 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 the birds, car- carnivorous birds, mm-hmm. you know, use to carry items like like nest material, food, and prey. And in, and the funny thing is that the for uh, for you carry the company carries household goods, right? Yeah, <laughs> and food and other things. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's just funny how it lined up. But anyway, that's just a little nerdy note that I put there. <laughs> I, I like I like your notes. <laughs> I was supposed to start with that, but now I'm ending with that. No worries. So, okay, now I promise I'm gonna about I'm about to let you go. But first, we got this thing going where our guest autograph the table. Okay. You know, so pick one of those sharpies and pick a spot and and drop anything you want. All right. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, I ain't no tagger. That's for sure. <laughs> La Poderosa, your company name, whatever. A heart. I think he's writing one of his favorite quotes. Oh, no, I'm just writing the name. The company. I just put Manny. <laughs> All right. Nice. Go. Thank Sweet. you so much for Thank coming you. by and taking time out of your day to, to share some of your, your gems with, with, you know, other people out there seeking knowledge. Yeah, you appreciate know? you having me. It's it's honor, and like honestly, can't wait for you to check out our office when, when you're out in Norco area. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll return the you know I'll go back. I'm down to go check it out. I know you're in the works, right, to do a podcast mm-hmm. yourself. Correct. What's that name going to be again? Logistics Nerds, powered by Talent Logistics. Nice. Yeah, I'll be sure to listen, and if you'll have me, I'll you know just invited myself, but. You're, I'm gonna you're pull on, up. You're on the guest list. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm gonna go episode. pick up pick up that artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Come All on right. by. Thank you guys for listening. I, I hope this this podcast was, uh, you know, interesting, helpful. I hope you uh, learned something today, and keep it pushing. Keep that hustle going, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.